0: You're listening to the Story Shout Podcast, hosted by Kelsey Jones. We're a weekly podcast dedicated to destigmatizing failure and laughing at our normalcy. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Story Shout. My name is Kelsey Jones. I'm your host. And today I'm joined by Lisa Beyer. Lisa is someone that I've met at marketing conferences and an industry friend of mine. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Kelsey. I'm honored to be a guest. And Lisa, I'm so glad that you could come on today because I know as the author of Social PR Secrets and Digital Detox Secrets, one thing you're interested in is the future of PR and technology and how that intersects with health and wellness, which is something that applies to what we're going to talk about today. So with that being said, um, Lisa, what is something that you suck at?
1: I suck at saying no.
0: (laughs) So specifically, I know we talked about before the call, like survival mode and burnout and all of that that goes into saying no and obligations.
1: Yes, definitely. And burnout is um, kind of a buzzword right now. But I realized that I was suffering from burnout earlier this year, like January, February, and realized that I could not go on the way that I was. Otherwise, something was going to happen to me seriously, you know, on a physical side of things. And I had to kind of like, just say, okay, what is going on and just put things on hold to get a grip.
0: Yeah, I know you just in the past, since I've known you have done so much like written books, ran a company, and I know you're really active with yoga and, and staying healthy. So what were some of the things that you kind of let fall to the, the wayside in order to climb out of that burnout?
1: Well, there's, um, there's a test that you can take, and I'll give it to you after you can put it in the show notes. Um, there's a quiz that is like maybe 10 questions, and each question is weighted differently. And like the most heavily weighted question, and basically the test is, are you suffering from burnout? And if you get a certain score, then that's like your first indication that you probably are. But some of the things in that, were, you know, if you have a major move, if you, you know, have a significant purchase, if you lose a spouse or, you know, a significant loved one, you know, those those things can cause burnout. But if those things happen, you know, in a, in a short period of time, um, that's when like you can really go on the verge of burnout. So I have besides, I mean, the pandemic is going to be on everybody's list, right? So that's going right. to get Get you a lot of points right there. So everybody's starting with a lot of points, right? Um, And then, you know, I had um, a bunch of other things, you know, happen, good and bad. Like, you know, very good things happened. We sold our house during the pandemic and bought another house and renovated. And it was, you know, all good. You know, we had, Mm -hmm. I had my most successful year in business. My husband had his most successful year in business, um, getting tons of new business. And it was just... um, a lot of moving parts happening at once. My daughter went away to college during the pandemic. Um, you know, a lot of stress and anxiety and depression related to that because of, you know, your senior year in high school. So there's just so much happening in, in a 12-month period in my life that were on both sides of the equation, good and bad, that I just, um, you know, I just didn't realize how uh, how much on overload I was. And I was trying to do too much. And then, you know, in a matter of like, you know, we only have, you know, 24 hours in a day. So it was just kind of crazy. And I just um, was really starting to feel like my, I talked about this on, on my podcast, like the moment that I realized, like, something is definitely wrong was one of my clients' websites went down. And I was just like, Oh, my God, like, I literally had like, just this like flash of like, what people who have suicidal thoughts feel like and I'm like oh my god like I'm feeling this feel this feeling from a client's website going down and the client isn't e- even really that upset about it like once I talk to them and I just thought for a second like what if somebody from my team broke something and put the you know put the website down and you know mm-hmm. it just was like that just it's just a flash but I just Step step back and said, Okay, this is like really ridiculous that I had this flash over this situation. It just showed Mm -hmm. me how spread thin I was and that I just needed to really kind of take a step back and take a break. And what I did was I um, ended up going to this place called Canyon Ranch that I was there for about nine days and I kind of just went off the grid and was able to kind of like mentally just reset myself. But that's when I realized when working with one of their life management coaches that really part of my problem is that I've, I'm in, I've been in survival mode like my whole life. And so even though like you're successful and everything's great, like it's almost like never, not never good enough, but you feel like when's the other shoe going to drop or, you know, that that saying like, you know, when am I going to lose everything and then have to like start over? So I was like, I just never really looked at it like that. Like, this is what, you know, why I'm like this. And a lot of women are like this that I I learned, um, because they feel like they're always trying to, you know, prove themselves and, you know, you know, prove that they are as capable or more capable, right. In a role. And also, you know, depending on how you were, you were brought up. So I was brought up by a single mom and, you know, just had to do a lot myself and watch sure have to struggle and do a lot herself. So it has a lot to do with like your patterns and how you're brought up. And a lot of entrepreneurs are also with the mentality of you're always in survival mode, the most successful people right. never stop, because they're afraid they're going to lose what they've earned, because they know what it's like before they started. So this whole survival mode is just it's a vicious cycle that once you're aware of it, it becomes easier to deal with it. And that's why the whole thing with saying no, you never want to say no, because what if you miss an opportunity, right?
0: Yep. I know exactly how you feel. And I kind of talked about this with Robin Johnson, when I recorded with her a couple of weeks ago, and that episode will be published before this one does. But we both talked about how childhood shapes how we think about work and our value today. So for me, I, I had a step-parent. He's no longer, you know, here that was verbally abusive. And so I, I, I feel you when you say, you know, I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop because then, you know, you would think everything's fine. And then all of a sudden he would scream at you for coloring your hair Or moving something in his car, like just situations you never could have imagined. So I think I translated that into situations that are high stakes for me now, whether that be work or, you know, having kids or education or something like that. I always worry that if things are going really well, then something bad, that must mean something bad's on the horizon. And and I think, like you said, it's being aware of the patterns is probably the biggest step you can take. And, and also therapy, I know if you can afford it, and there's lots of resources out there is always helpful. Um, But just thinking about, you know, once you reach a certain level in your life, it's okay to start saying no to things because saying yes can then be detrimental and lead to burnout, like what you're saying. So I think for a long time, I had a pattern that I'd always say yes, because that meant more money, which in my brain meant more security. But what it means now for me, when I say yes, is that could actually be detrimental to me. That could cause me to spend less time with my family if it's a work engagement or cause me to feel eventually feel burned out if it's a job that's not right for me or a client that's not right for me.
1: Yeah. And my book digital detox secrets the original name for that was going to be space but now the tagline is how to create space in your life for opportunity and a lot of that has to do with when you say no you're taking up less space in your brain and in your mm-hmm. calendar and you know you're so that you can be free to be available to things that might serve you better so i mean that's something that like i'm always working on but to your point about your stepdad, so the the first course, not course, but the first lecture that I went to when I got to Canyon Ranch, and literally, I was like off the plane and like, you know, checked into my room, and there was this lecture going on about trauma. Mm. And I really never even like, thought that much about the word trauma, like to me, trauma was like, you know, rape, or, you know, mm. things that are. And this lecture, I learned so much about the different categories of trauma and how Mm -hmm. um, trauma can come in so many different ways. You can be born with trauma. So like, you know, if one of your parents were like a Holocaust, Holocaust survivor, like your DNA is that trauma that they went through. Um, you know, and then there's trauma of health issues. And there's trauma, like what you're describing, emotional abuse, trauma, and physical abuse, trauma, so many different categories that I I realized that part of, you know, who I am today, you're talking about, you know, the patterns and how we grew up, is, you know, I'm in this survival mode, because of, you know, different, I didn't even realize that they were traumas, but traumas that, you know, I went through that were, you know, I just, they're just kind of like, memories. Like I just didn't like categorize them as something that significant that would be shaping me today. And I mean, some of them are very, you know, some of what I've gone through would be considered extremely significant trauma and some of it isn't, but there's a lot to be learned about. Like I, you know, would encourage everybody to go and research trauma and the different types of trauma. And I can even forward you this PowerPoint from the lecture I went to that kind of goes into the different types because once you understand that, and you understand how trauma can really um, impact you in a positive way and a negative way, you can start dealing with the type of trauma that that is affecting you.
0: Yeah, that's really a good point, and especially how you were saying affected you positively because I it took me a long time to realize what I've been through has it's kind of cliche that everyone says this but has shaped how I am. But that actually is beneficial in a way. I mean, of course, I'm I'm not necessarily glad myself or anyone else goes through trauma, but the things that I've been through, I think I spent a really long time trying to hide from it or trying to stuff down, you know, the memories I have in my brain, you know, so viscerally still. And it was, you know, when I was in high school, when I was a teenager, instead just actually processing through that and and thinking it through. Um, I worked with a practitioner who does neuro emotional technique, and it ties into um, how your thoughts translate into physical pain. Um, And so she does this special technique, and it's really cool, Uh, might be a little too hippy dippy for some people listening, but I I think you'd probably like it. Um, But then you know, she was also a chiropractor. So she would adjust me in certain ways. And I would talk through the trauma and talk through the the really strong memories I have. And it really, really helped me process it. Because I think I spent so much time and energy trying to push the most traumatic memories away, that if I would have just processed through it, and now that I've done that, Um, you know, it's so much less energy spent on that and I can recognize that that was a part of my past, but that doesn't shape who I am now, meaning that it doesn't shape the decisions that I'm making now. And I have control in my life, not the person who was our abuser.
1: Yes. Yes. That's, have you heard of EMDR is called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing
0: therapy? I have, I haven't done it, but I have a really good friend that did it, um, and really, enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. And so what that does is, I mean, that that was originally um, came about through um, post-traumatic stress syndrome for people that were went away to the different wars and experienced um, like severe, severe trauma. And what that does, and, you know, I've been experimenting with it with myself and my daughter also. And what it does is it um, kind of reframes the brain so that you remember the incident that causes that's causing you the trauma, but it's almost like in a third party type of way that you're just the observer, and it didn't really happen to you, so you're not really having that emotional kind of like baggage and weight on you from that that memory from that trauma. So I would um, you know highly recommend looking into that. Um, it's supported by like every type of medical and psychiatric and therapeutic association, so it's it's really not woo-woo like some things are and some things that are kind of like woo-woo do work and I believe in most of those things like um you know one of the other things that I tried at Cannon Ranch was Qi Gong and that was Mm. one of my one-on-one sessions that I had never I didn't really know what it was I really wanted to do Tai Chi and Mm. you know they both kind of fall into the same line of energy work and i almost canceled it because i just was like i just want to relax and i don't want to do something i'm not really sure what it is and it was actually one of my most memorable sessions there um and it sounds similar to like what you experienced where it kind of like works on your your the your energy and your meridians and now i'm like obsessed with it i like love it and i found a youtube channel and i you know do it every once in a while when i'm feeling like i just need to need a little bit of a reset so there's ways that you know you don't have to go to canyon ranch to kind of reel yourself back in and create space to say, okay, what's going on in my life right now? And I think this is the most difficult I can ever remember life being, you know, for this long Mm -hmm. with the pandemic and um, all the different pressures. And I mean, the the news and the media and social media and, you know, things that we have to kind of live on every day because we're in the business, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's really where there's a lot of emotional trauma happening to everybody just from what's happening in our, you know, in our world.
0: Yeah, I agree for sure. Um, Definitely almost PTSD, you know, from the length of the trauma and everybody's had losses or significant things they've had to face during the pandemic. So it's, it's just a lot. And I feel that too. I think I'm very empathic. So at the height of the pandemic when, you know, masks were required inside um, last year, I didn't go to Target a lot because I could almost feel everybody's anxiety and everybody's like um, Mm dis-ease around each other and just like so worried and you have to go out and it's almost apocalyptic because you're here in Target, which is something you've done a hundred times, but everybody's wearing a mask and I just felt the energy and it was just very draining. Um, So Mm -hmm. I definitely you that we're in like a prime time in our lives, you know, to face the burnout and face the trauma as well.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely challenging. And I think that it's also given a lot of people that never thought about mental health and wellness, like, you know, they're realizing how important it is and how important it is to take care of themselves. And I mean, you know, there's just People are getting sick and not surviving, and it's a, a huge stressor. So, I mean, I just was talking to somebody yesterday about just the price that we will pay for health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're diagnosed, you hear this all the time somebody's diagnosed with, you know, stage four cancer. I mean, you ask them, like, they'll do anything to survive, they'll pay any amount of money, right? And they'll do fundraisers for their family. But, um, we don't really give that type of weight to mental health and and really taking care of our mental health. And you know, I'm not saying you know, start a fundraiser for your mental health, but at least invest in it. You know, and invest in it to as a preventative way. And it's just, I, I think that people are starting to realize that there is you know more of a value to mental health than there used to be. You know, it's actually something that people are putting on their priority list. But it's it's still you know, has a long way to
0: go. I agree. Well, and I think our industry too, and like technology, it definitely, I don't know if it's worse per se, excuse me, but I just feel like our industry, whether it's tech or marketing or whatever, um, it's almost like a badge of honor to be in survival mode or to feel not feel burned out, but feel like you're so busy. I mean, I have i don't really see that anymore because I, I agree with you. I think the perception's shifting. But I remember when I was younger in the industry, you know, and I would talk to friends or colleagues at conferences and they would say, I'm just so busy, so busy. And that's what you would always say. You'd never thought about that being a bad thing. And it wasn't even bragging. It was just like, that was our normal was being like mm-hmm. so overwhelmed and busy. And I think, We've done a good job in the last year of, of at least moving towards shifting that. But, you know, when I gained a whole bulk of my experience, I've totally fed into the hustle culture of like Mm -hmm. work all the time. You can sleep when you're dead. You don't have kids yet. So you can work like 12 hours. Why would you turn down a client um, when you're trying to build a business? And so that definitely leads to burnout though. And you can't just do that forever.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, extreme stress and lack of sleep leads to depression and depression, you know, leads to suicide and leads to burnout. And, um, you know, that's what I was feeling. I was feeling like extremely depressed. And I was I never remember ever feeling that bad before. Hmm. So and I feel like you're right, like our industry is, I feel like we got hit probably earlier than the majority of people got hit when it comes to like, the impact of being 24 seven on social media and digital because we're in the business and, yeah. you know, I'm sure you were like on social, like, you know, right away and, you know, for work, work reasons, not just for personal reasons. And, you know, when you're working in that environment um, you know, when I wrote digital detox secrets, that was like four or five years ago. And it was before the way before the pandemic, but it, I wrote it because I felt like this impact of, of digital, of, you know, the 24 seven culture and, you know, all my clients, you know, now, you know, everything mattered 24 seven, you know, what was happening on social in the middle of the night, no matter what time zone was, you know, something that you might have to address. Like it just, there's no boundaries. So I feel like anybody that's in our industry in the digital marketing industry that's been in the industry for more than 10 years, we felt the impact of, um, and stress of social before the majority of people who now understand what we're talking about because everybody's on digital, everybody's in front of a computer on social for whatever reason, because of the pandemic.
0: That's a really good point. Something I hadn't thought about is like our industry was so much more active on social media before everyone else. So we are, we were probably more likely to get burned out sooner. And now like what you're saying The pandemic has kind of caught a lot of people up to what, you know, people in tech and marketing were already feeling is like just totally overwhelmed. And I, social media is important because it's for work, but I find myself and I'm getting better at it, but I find myself just scrolling, you know, doom scrolling or going through this routine where I would wake up and I'd open Facebook and check it. And then I'd go open Twitter and check it. Um, and then I'd look at my email and it was just this cycle that really wasn't serving me. And I know a lot of people are trying to step away from that and I think it does help, but I'd be interested to hear from your point of view, besides kind of going through that, you know, digital detox, are there any other things that you've done that's kind of helped with the burnout? Well,
1: before, like one of the first steps I took was I, Looked at my calendar. I mean, this is just kind of like very actionable stuff that I recommend everybody to do. Is I was just basically saying yes to meeting times that people were throwing out at me. So there was no rhyme or reason to my calendar, and I could have calls at seven o'clock at night my time because it was you know a different time zone. Somebody else like I just did whatever, and I rolled that up and I said okay, like I'm only available for meetings, and I didn't make an announcement on this. I just blocked my calendar Mondays and Fridays, no meetings, no calls, nothing. Like they're my days to work or brainstorm or, you know, go to yoga without having to cancel something. And then on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, you know, I had blocks of time that were available. And unless somebody like really had an issue, I would, you know, adjust, but nobody questioned anything. You know, I just called up some of my standing call meetings and said, look, like, do you mind if we switch this to Tuesdays instead of Mondays? Or, you know, I give them my calendar link and here's what's available. And that helped a lot. That gave me some breathing space to actually like say, okay, like, you know, I don't feel as out of control and and spinning as I did. um, But I was, it it didn't, you know, I, I still needed more than that. But that was one of the first steps I did. And then Another step that I did that, you know, you can do this at any time is just put your autoresponder on for a day and just say you're working on a big project and you're not available. And that way you don't feel like you have to check your email or respond. Um, and that helped a lot. I did that for like a month <laughs> where I just said, if you, you know, I said, I'm taking a break. Actually, is what I said. But, um, you know, and I just gave like direction on who to contact for anything that was necessary. And I still monitored it. But um, it just gave me some, some breathing space. And then, you know, I talk about Canyon Ranch a lot. So not everybody can maybe have the time or resources to go to a Canyon Ranch, but you can create your own version of it. And, you know, maybe set it set aside a weekend where you're scheduled out like complete silence or complete, Mm. you know, your a full day of, you know, yoga and meditation, um, where there's all kinds of resources online right now to do something like that. And have a sacred spot in your home where you you do this and it makes you feel good and it smells good. And it like visually, it feels good. So those are just some things that are helping to keep, keep my sanity. I don't know if you can see this back there. Yeah. Yeah. This um, painting back here. My daughter and I, um, that's hers over there. So yeah, just doing something like painting this, that, that was a course that I'm in the middle of taking called um, a 22 day painting and meditation challenge. And it's really just like 20 minutes a day. It doesn't, you don't need to be artistic at all, but it just really like is so helpful and kind of grounding and, and lowering your heart rate and calming yourself so that you can, you know, rejuvenate.
0: I love that. Um, And, you know, to kind of wrap it up today, I I'd like to also kind of get your insight on, I know we kicked off the episode saying like, you were bad at saying no, but for someone who maybe, you know, doesn't own a company and, and just works in a company or is kind of starting out and might not have, um, you know, the, the courage to, to push back maybe against their supervisors or against their partners or friends. Is there some, have you ever felt like that? And then are there some, some, some suggestions you have for someone that might feel anxious about saying no?
1: Yes, and then, I mean the whole bottom line with saying no" is having boundaries, and I think that that could be a whole other you know episode yeah. talking about boundaries, so you know one comeback if you are afraid to say no is you could just say, "Let me think about it," and that mm-hmm. gives you some power back to think about it and maybe craft a email response or you know some sort of a response. But this was actually one of the things that came up when I was on one of my one on one sessions is that you know practice saying no with with the people that are easiest to say no to so Mm. that you can kind of get that practice and then you're always going to have somebody that has like a very pushy personality that is going to um, push back at your no and and so if you practice with people that are easy to say no to that will give you that practice (laughs) 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 <laughs> I love <that. laughs> so there's going to be people that are going to be like okay no you know like you know and then <laughs> there's going to be the people that are going to be challenging
0: yeah I love that work your way up <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, if people listening want to learn more about you or your books or I know you have a podcast where can they do that the
1: best place to go is thebuyergroup.com. And then you can find uh, my courses, my podcasts, any of my resources, my links to my books would be there.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. Great combo. And I'm so happy we had you on. Me too. Thank you, Kelsey. Thanks, you too. And thanks to everyone else listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to the Story Shout Podcast. Don't forget to review us on iTunes and connect with us on social media at Story Shout or online at StoryShout.co. Until next time, stay normal.